0: Hey gang, this is Trent Schatteker, chiropractor and advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Welcome to today's tick. For each week we study a chiropractic principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thank you for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. A subluxation in the chiropractic sense is not a partial dislocation, but an alteration of the normal anatomical or physiological relationships or dynamics of contiguous structures. Biochemical, biomechanical, pathophysiological, radiological, subjective and objective symptoms and other manifestations demand attention, investigation, and consideration in depth by every chiropractor. E. Holmwood. So in today's tick, we're going to grow in our understanding of what can cause vertebral subluxation. And as you listen, make sure you share us with your friends, classmates, and colleagues, and feel free to tag us at today's tick. Now let the class begin. So the causes of subluxation can be a hot topic of discussion, and for just that reason alone, I'm going to attempt to keep this discussion on point. You see, the causes of subluxation can become an information overload due to the fact that there are many different causes and many different responses to those causes based on individual adaptation or compensation to that nature. So in an effort to keep the information overload to a minimum, we can simplify the specific cause to subluxation by understanding that the universe and the world we live in are governed by laws and principles. Yes, life is governed by principles and laws that allow us to better understand the way in which things work or what to expect from those outcomes. For example, the law of motion states uniform motion will remain in that state of motion unless an external force acts on it. The law of gravity states that there's a force of attraction that exists between any two masses any two bodies, and any two particles. And one of my favorite ones, the law of cause and effect. The law of cause and effect is every effect has an expected cause. Every cause has an expected effect. Another law is the law of supply and demand, in which states that the greater the supply, the lower the demand. The lower the supply, the greater the demand. You see, the cause of vertebral subluxation can be understood in general through the law of supply and demand and the law of cause and effect. Although, to be correct, you could also use the law of gravity and the law of motion to discuss the topic as well, but let's keep this uh, discussion simple for that nature. Let's focus on the two laws that I think are, are most applicable. The first one, the law of supply and demand in relation to the cause of subluxation can be utilized to determine how the demand of stress alters the supply of physiological healing and whether there's adaptation or compensation to it. The law of cause and effect in relation to the cause of subluxation can be utilized to determine what specific causes of stress alters the physiological response of adaptation or compensation to it? Stress is everywhere and is constantly affecting our ability to function in a normal state, and creating an imbalance in the law of supply and demand within can be affected by stress. For example, in the middle of summer when temperature increases and the sun and humidity take a toll on the skin, hydration, and even energy levels, the weather can be looked at as a stressor to our body's ability to function within a state of normal. Too much sun and the skin can be affected. Too much heat and the trillions of cells can lose water and dehydration can set in. This is just one example of how universal forces are everywhere around us And when they come in greater amounts than what we can adapt to, the law of supply and demand can create new physiological states of conditions, and subluxation are one of those states. So what causes subluxation? When stress outweighs the body's ability to adapt to it, subluxation can develop. R.W. Stevenson defined in his chiropractic textbook 1927, defined chiropractic as the following. Chiropractic is a philosophy, science, and art of things natural, a system of adjusting the segments of spinal column by hand only for the correction of the cause of dis-ease. So the study of things natural is the author's attempt to label the relationship our body has with the environment and how that relationship can be affected by stress and result in the necessity of getting adjusted to the segments of the spinal column So, chiropractors have categorized the environment of stress that can negatively affect us into three different labels. The first label would be physical stress, the second label would be emotional stress, and the third label would be chemical stress. If adaptation to one or more of these three stressors are insufficient, a perfect physiological environment for subluxation can and does occur. In other words, When stress outweighs the body's ability to adapt to it or to handle it in a manner of control, then the cells and tissues within the body can become dysfunctional. So it's really stress versus adaptation. And this process of stress outweighing the adaptation can create a tipping point in favor of demand and alters the inner recuperative power of supply for normal function. Physical stress can be defined as external invasive forces that outweigh the internal resistive forces of the body to be in a state of balance. These external invasive forces can be major accidents or trauma or they can be small repetitive forces that build up over time and the repetition can be too intense for the body to adapt to it. These Forces can cause dysfunction on the body's muscles, ligaments, and even vertebrae of the spine, creating a perfect opportunity for subluxation to occur. Chemical stress can be defined as external or internal chemicals that trigger physical reactions throughout the body, offsetting the chemical equilibrium or body chemistry balance. Chemicals within our body can be powerful agents of physiological change. For example, hormones like adrenaline, cortisol, and even melatonin influence health and well-being and have specific physiological states of function that they alter and they influence. For example, adrenaline affects the body's ability to increase heart rate, increase blood pressure, and expand air passage of the lungs and even enlarging the pupil and the eye redistributing blood to muscles and altering the body's metabolism to maximize blood glucose levels for the brain. It's a powerful hormone. You see, the body is dependent upon a state of body chemistry balance, and when that balance is out of harmony, the neurological and musculoskeletal system can and does become affected, leading to another opportunity for subluxation to occur. And emotional stress. Emotional stress can be defined as internal emotional tension or mental strain that can produce physical responses throughout the body, offsetting the chemical equilibrium or physical state of balance. It's been reported that emotional stress may be the most common and most influential cause of subluxation due to the fast paced world we're all living in. You see, when the body's chemical equilibrium or physical state are out of balance due to emotional tension or mental strain, it can lead to another opportunity for subluxation to occur. Vertebral subluxation can and does occur in all ages and all stages of life, regardless of symptomology due to these physical, chemical, and emotional stress or strain. You see, stress is real and affects all of us, even if we're not aware of it. Life is demanding and no matter your age or stage of well-being you're in, it's affecting you right now. Your responsibility to take care of your body to the best of your ability includes becoming more aware of the stressors that are not only affecting your well-being but also developing a perfect opportunity for subluxation to develop. Regular chiropractic care can be an absolute positive option to not only lower the opportunity for subluxation to uh, continue to occur or to develop into worse states, but it also becomes an agent to increase your resistance towards the actual stress that is creating subluxation in the first place. So now that you know the causes of stress, or now that you know that the cause of subluxation is stress, it's up to you to become more aware of it and To become more aware of the fact that chiropractic care can be an awesome opportunity to adapt to your current stress levels at a higher state. Thanks for joining us on this episode. I look forward to being with you on the next one. Thanks. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I did. Let me know what you enjoyed about it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. And if this is your first episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location, analysis, and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. Be a champion and send them this episode. As BJ Palmer said, you never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. As always, we like to end our episodes with the definition of chiropractic. Chiropractic is a healthcare discipline that recognizes the innate recuperative power of the body to heal itself through identifying and caring for vertebral subluxations due to the relationship between structure and function as coordinated by the neurological system and how that relationship affects the preservation and restoration of well-being. musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.